Hello, welcome. Thank you for joining us again on Less Than Jays. It is just about time for the regular season to start. We're we're a week and a bit away. We're still we're still ten days ish away from the beginning of the season. A couple more things have happened. Jake, before we even get into the baseball, before we even get into the spring training, before we even get into yet another trade for the Blue Jays, before we get into any of that, everybody wants to know what did you think of Will Smith slapping. Chris Rock at the Oscars. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was very funny that a very rich person got up on stage at the Oscars and slapped another very rich person. It was, I, as I always. To, I, I have to say, I do not have any takes about it, other than that it was very funny. It was, as always, an opportunity for people to talk about whatever they actually want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. I, the thing that they're going to make every conversation about, they made this about that as well, which I understand. I did the same thing, making it about pro wrestling. I mean, it pretty clearly was a pro wrestling sort of be like, <laughs> listen, if you're into he shouldn't have said that. And then was that a real slap? Boy, is pro wrestling the thing that you should be spending your time on. But I obviously, Jake, agree with you. If you're if your take on this is anything other than that's hilarious. Uh, you might be overthinking this specific situation. Yeah, like I don't want to tell people how to feel about anything or what trigger <laughs> or what triggers them or what doesn't or whatever but uh hard to hard to look at one of the most famous people on the planet getting up from his seat walking onto the stage front his, fr his front row oscar seat where <laughs> at he the is literal oscars less than an hour away from winning <laughs> and then slapping one of the most famous comedians of all time on stage Hard for me to look at that as anything but utterly hilarious. Another big win for television. I was thinking last night how much <laughs> I, I love your tweet about that. Television rules. I we have you know in this house had a lot of time. My wife is on leave and I am hanging out because I'm working from home most of the time. We have a lot of time to sort of peruse the world of movies and television. And I I've come down pretty firmly on. I think we're I think we're a TV household. And I think. The great irony of the Oscars is that it's night all about the movies, but it's a TV show. Yeah. And tonight showed tonight that last night shows you what makes TV so special. Something that slap couldn't happen in a movie. You would you would you would it wouldn't matter. But it, it happening on TV, another big W for TV <laughs> on movies hottest night. I enjoy that throughout the pandemic, we've had things like the uh, the Imagine video, and we had uh, what's her name. Uh, doing the poem for Vladimir Putin or whatever. Sure. And we had lots of moments throughout the last few years of people being like, maybe we shouldn't listen to what celebrities think about anything ever again. And then immediately this very funny thing happens. Everyone's like, wow, this means everything to society. It's like, mm, maybe it's just really funny. And these people are all insane. Now you're a man of great taste, Jake. I, I hold you in high esteem as a, somebody, a, a taste maker, somebody who very rarely do you make a suggestion about entertainment. And I walk away saying, wow, Jake blew it. That was garbage. Um, did <laughs> you for watch seasons four and five of lost? Well, but did I not them. come around at the end? You and did, I, and, you did, and you did. It's true. After I saw my, the, all, all my friends and family at the end, I was like, you know what? I'm glad we all did this together. Um, <laughs> I had to learn and grow. That, that was what I learned about about the season I didn't previously like of Lost. I had to let th go of things, just in the many of the way the characters did. But anyway, I hold you in his team. Uh, obviously, the Oscars, it's movie's biggest night. I said it. Um, 
did you watch many of the of the like best picture noms or are you are you educated on this year's oscar field not at all i haven't seen a single one you know you were saying how you guys have become a tv household over a movie household tv rocks uh, i think we have as well i used to make it my business to see every oscar movie i used to go to the movies once a week to make sure Crazy. i was current and up on all the movies but uh I ha- I didn't see a single Oscar movie this year, and I don't think I watched a single Oscar movie last year either. Uh, which is not to say that I don't think they're good movies or that I wouldn't enjoy them. But in the pandemic, just like lounging on the couch, uh, I found my tolerance for like, you know, few and far between things. And I'm like, I want to sit down and watch something long and emotional. Right. And like I'm like, no, I want to watch... Like we just watched six seasons, all six seasons of the nanny. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, give me, you, you, you want to watch four and a half hours of a TV show where the plot sort of blends together into yeah. one big episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Correct. Uh, and that's what we've been, that's what we've been doing for two and a half years. So <laughs> we are, we've been, we've instituted, not instituted, but part of, part of the routine in the recent past is trying to get, trying to make like Friday, Friday and Saturday and sometimes Sunday afternoon, if we're around is like movies. We, we do, yeah, we do yeah, same. weekend movies. So we, we had, I've seen, we had seen a couple. I, we saw Licorice Pizza. We saw uh, King Richard. We saw the, we saw Don't Look Up. Um, Again, all movies I want to see. Like it's not yeah. for lack of interest, but we've settled into the like 1998 to 2003 uh, teen comedy is sort of our sweet spot. Movies, movies like, feel different from that, don't they? They really like do. A, I hate to feel, I feel like an old person saying this, and with this old guy no, conversation, but, they, but they, like, do. they don't make them like this anymore. Which, but they like, don't shoot for the things that those movies are shooting for, right? Which, like, they, they weren't shooting when for. To, when it comes to some of those things, it's not a bad thing. Like, there's definitely stuff in some of those movies of that area. You're like, ah, oh, that's pretty bad. But also, I agree with you. It's not the, it's not, uh, one comes around every now and then. You're like, that was great. Like, Booksmart was like that, I thought. Where I was like, this is very funny. And this feels like a cool, updated take on, like, the teen comedy. Boy. But I also suppose that they still made... Like, we were watching... I'll tell you what we watched. It's sort of the perfect encapsulation of what I'm was th- what i talking about. We watched Three Men and a Baby. Right. Which is just, which is just like, it wasn't trying to be the, the greatest comedy in the world. And it wasn't trying to be, it was, it was big names, but it was just sort of trying to be a mid-level enjoyable comedy with, with, with stars in it. Ted Danson, Tom Selleck. You, you know what it is? I think, I think it's two things. I think it's one, uh, comedies don't make money anymore. Mm. So attracting just like, let's get a bunch of stars to hang out is harder now. And also there was that period of time in like the, mid like the 20 around 2010 where every comedy just like became two and a half hours long yeah what do we do every movie is and two I, and a half hours long now it's, and it's I feel absurd like, i feel like comedies haven't really recovered from that yet because yeah. like we watched uh vacation friends a couple weeks ago which is extreme yeah it's extremely stupid but it's it's great it's like 95 minutes uh it's funny it's really dumb there's no like meaning ascribed to it. And it was refreshing for exactly what you're talking about. It was just like a short, dumb, funny movie. I love I'm wondering it. I'm wondering if not <laughs> liking the if not watching the Oscar picks and both enjoying the comedic stylings of John Cena. <laughs> maybe maybe we're just <laughs> huge idiots. <laughs> well, I was kind of saying that we were in Ottawa last weekend. 
like I was talking about, we went to the art gallery and like art is great. And like, there's lots of good art, but I was in there to be like, maybe I just don't like, like high art things. Maybe I don't pretend to like, like I don't pretend that like I enjoyed reading Ulysses anymore. I just be like, oh. We went on a double date to, I want to say the AGO. We did. That's right. And like, (laughs) it had to be. It had to be like child proof <laughs> art for me to like get that I was yeah I, I understand I was like that's pretty good pretty good drawing yeah it's a nice drawing and so there was some stuff that was undeniably uh, yeah. painted on a large scale which I which I respect <laughs> so, ooh, that's big that's sort of my <laughs> that's what my brain does oh, yeah boy. but then I come home and I'm like ah, it's just uh, I don't know what's Fran Drescher up to right now. <laughs> What hijinks is she going to get into? Oh, boy. Um, there was, uh, beyond that great entertainment that we talk about there, there was more to talk about. Blue Jays keeping us keeping us rich in transactions. A trade made, a name that many people, I think, when you ask them who they want to have traded off the Blue Jays, would have been the first three names they picked. It happened. They heard your prayers. Randall Gritchick is not a Toronto Blue Jay. We will talk about that and the rest of spring training after this. Well, Jake, uh, if your plan for the Blue Jays in 2022 was for fourth outfielder, you scribbled anyone but Randall Gritchick, you have been uh, heard and your request has been processed and approved. Randall Gritchick moved off of the Toronto Blue Jays roster onto the Colorado Rockies in exchange for Rymel Tapia, a left fielder and a prospect adrian pinto who i am not going to pretend uh that the 17 year old we have any sort of insight into not even on lists if you were to do such cursory searches as rocky's top prospects um would not show up but hey ross and mark know more about scouting prospects than i do so i'll leave that <laughs> to them rhyme altapia is the name we know but first randall gritchick the name we we here going out the other way um i don't think it's a huge stretch and i know this has been suggested many other places uh, uh at the letters among them that pretty it's not as safe but it wouldn't be a reasonable stretch to uh, assume that randall gritchick at some point politely asked to be playing every day one way or the other and this is a way to uh solve that and I'll say it, sort of kind of doing him a favor, being able to play every day in Coors Field with that profile that he has. He will hit 30 home runs if he gets 500 at-bats, and he will probably get 500 at-bats because they, boy, their outfield was bad last year. So Randall Gritchick, a Colorado Rocky, Jake, your thoughts on first and foremost, uh, Gritchick out the door? Um, I mean, I'm kind of, like, I know my opinions and thoughts on Randall Gritchick. Uh I'm kind of surprised at how many people seem to share them. Uh, Other than like that weird section of Blue Jays fandom that just like loves every player in a really strange way. Sure. uh, Was really surprised at how many people I saw reacting to this trade as like, I don't know who we got for him, but I'm just glad he's gone. Right. Uh, I don't disagree with that take. I'm just surprised. It surprised me at how widespread it is. Well, the, the makeup of the team is one of, like, extreme likability. So I think... Yeah. Oh, they, anybody, won the, they won the vibes trade, for sure. And anybody who... Uh, 
Like, I don't know that Randall Grichik would stick out like a, like he was a black hole of misery uh, in a roster that wasn't like every other guy is like dancing and, and has jacket <laughs> on and like they're, they're constantly partying and having a great time. I don't know that he would stand out as like a vibe killer, you know, if he were back on a team yeah. we, don't, like, we don't watch as much. And like, look, from a baseball perspective, watching Randall Grichik at the plate as the Blue Jays were trying to make a playoff run at the end of last season was not fun. They didn't. They like, didn't do it much. I'll tell you. Ju- just as from a straight up baseball perspective, that was not a joy. That being said, it's not like they got a guy who's white hot at the plate either. Which I guess is sort of where I was going with my surprise at the reaction to the trade. Because usually, in Blue Jays' internet corners, whenever a trade is made and the return is less than like four guys for Matt Chapman, it, everyone's pretty quick to jump on the criticism train. Uh, and this one, everyone was like, "Yeah, that's sick." Which, <laughs> like, I'm fine. I agree with. It. I think it's. I think it's a good move. I think Tapia is. I don't know if I'm going to say he's an upgrade defensively because I think statistically that's not true, but he's a slappy speedster and a guy who, as you pointed out when we were talking about the trade, the Blue Jays really don't have. Which I think, if anything, is, you know, I not to say anything against roster construction, but. You know, it's not how we look to the Raptors and we're like, oh, build it all out of six, nine guys. Like, don't build the whole thing out of right-handed power hitters. You need a couple of these guys, I think. Yeah, it, it, it certainly serves to change things up as, as a look. He really is. It, it really is almost crazy how much Tapia is the basically the exact inverse of, of Gritchick. It, it is, it is <laughs> vibes for no vibes. It is strikeouts for contact all the way it is um big swings and the swing and miss because when there's contact there's a lot of exit velocity for and and a ton of fly ball swing richick a very much a, a fly ball guy um for literally the number one ground ball guy in the entire game but um, oh my god he hits a lot of ground balls it's wild it's wild and <laughs> and it was it was it was to the point where you're was it like 38 percent or something like that uh, well, it's, it's almost 70% of the time we put, he, he was putting it on the ground. It's, okay, well, there you go. Uh, craziness. The all, the record uh, since they started tracking rates like that back since 2015, I think. So, um, And a guy who the contact is like the greatest skill and the biggest weakness as well. It's like it's sometimes the fact that he can hit every everything uh, works against him because he hits things directly into the ground. Um, but yeah, just sort of the exact ex- exact archetype op- opposite. It's crazy. All of Grichik's strengths, um, whereas like his defensive shortcomings are made up for by the fact that he's a, a pretty good arm and, and you know gets the ball back very well and keeps the house from being on fire behind him to the fact that Tapio sort of is somebody that's more likely to take away and out with the glove but isn't going to be threatening anybody with the arm. Sort of he'll get to more things in left field than Grichik would in right field, but Grichik's arm in right field sort of keeps people a little more honest. So um, it's probably a lateral move. It's probably, and, and to your point, it's probably not going to look like one. Grichik's going to put up traditional numbers in Coors Field. It's just well, like, I mean, like he hit a he hit a ball like 450 feet in his first at bat in spring after the trade. So it's just like it's it's going to happen. Yeah. And his profile, right, like we just talked about is yeah. that, that the big swing, the fly ball um, Coors Field isn't as much of a like 90s video game as it was, but it still is going to help him to, to play every day and to get into those rhythms. I don't think also with him, it, we saw the hot and cold, the way that he would the way that he, you know, 
you have to mention did help carry the team last year when Springer wasn't available early on and a guy that when they didn't have any good players was a decent player that they could play every day. Um, he he's going to succeed more than he will be a guy who doesn't know when his next game is playing and goes out there feeling like he has to get something done. And then the worst parts of his uh, shortcomings, the chase raid and the swing and miss really become pronounced because he's not in rhythm. I think he needs to play every day. And I think it's a, it's a favor to him. And I, and I don't think Tapia does. And, and you also, I think have to, have defensive subs ready for Guriel. You have to have defensive sub ready for Teoscar if you need one. And we know Springer isn't going to play every day. We also do not know, technically, as Jays fans, what it looks like when Renato Tapia plays center field in relief. Because if he was good at playing center field, you would think he might be able to play center field a little bit in Colorado. Because they, they had some dog shit center fielders in that team last year. So Yeah, I was going to say sort of a note you kind of brought up last week uh, about oh we were talking about Randall Grichik and we were talking about how you need someone to be able to spell George Springer and I've been thinking about it since this trade and realizing that the Blue Jays uh, don't really um, have like a second real outfielder right and yeah, so, they really only have two. I would say this: they really only have two or three defensive players. Period on the whole roster. Yeah, and so I feel like adding a guy like Tapia, who like yeah, maybe isn't as sure-handed or as we're not necessarily as confident in sparing Springer in center as we would be even a Grichik. At least he is a guy who plays, who has played the outfield every day, right. which. Well, yes, you could argue that Guriel and Teoscar, in quotes, play the outfield every day as well. I'm still not convinced I would call them outfielders, which maybe isn't good, but it's still kind of, I think, how a lot of people feel. It's certainly not a plus. It's certainly not. It's certainly not the, you know, absolute strength. You would not. You would not write outfield defense as as one of the strengths right now. Yeah, but uh, or maybe that. Good enough home runs. Who cares? Yeah, sure. Good enough home runs and, and keep the ball uh, in the ballpark and keep keep people hitting it to third. Just yeah, keep it, go le- go left. <laughs> keep the ball uh, being hit to third because we I mean we've seen a little bit we've seen a little bit of of, of spring ball. Um, we've seen a little bit of Matt Chapman. We've seen a little bit of Greg Bird. Um, we've seen you know Oravas Martinez. There has been some. There's been some fun, good stuff to take from the early days of spring, and uh, something that has been consistent the last little bit. People want to talk about it, Jay. People want to talk about Greg Bird. People want Greg Bird uh, to be. That's even a lot of the questions this week are about Greg Bird, and a lot of the answers this week are about Greg Bird. Um, what What are your thoughts? We know we've touched on it very recently, but what are your thoughts? Sort of another week of Bird. Uh, I mean, getting at bats in the in the middle to late part of these of these spring training games. So I've been trying very hard to not let myself get taken in by literally Greg Bird. Right. Uh, we talked last week about you know what spring means and more so what spring doesn't mean. Uh, But I don't know if it's just like Yankee spite or just needing more guys off the bench who can hit, but uh, it's hard to not be taken in by Greg Bird. I got to say he's got a lot of um, 
folk hero in him, I think. <laughs> but so uh, I have a I have a thought about Greg Bird, and I'll I'll lean on you because you have to do this more often than I have to do this. Okay, Jake. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. Occasionally, for work, you have to shave your beard. Yeah. Uh, Greg Bird, with the Yankees, had to shave his beard for work. Um, <laughs> Are you saying that the beard is the source of his powers? I'm going to add, just my my follow up question to you is the time when you are when you're shaved when you've shaved do you feel do you feel more confident then or do you feel more confident having grown a little bit of a little bit of uh, five o'clock shadow a little bit of beard do you, which one do you feel more confident with Oh beard if I had my druthers I would never shave at all Well That's like I would, I would like trim but I wouldn't like I would never be clean shaven ever and I unless I have to be I'm not That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Are you saying that Greg Bird is secretly a vibes guy, and now that he's on a vibes team, he's comfortable and flourishing? He just feels more confident with the beard. Is my first guess. Um, listen, a lot, a lot of it's if you really wanted to talk yourself into it, and I would say that I'm as talked into the spring numbers as I am the Colorado uh, didn't make the team but played well in AAA numbers. Like, <laughs> so they're about the same value, which is to say, at least it's at least it's. You know, at least the, the sample size that he's you're playing with there is good. At least it's not being, unless he's not terrible in those spots, right? Um, if you really needed to talk yourself into it, it's it's injuries all the way, um, all the way back to like 2015, which is a long way back now. We're talking about talking about six years, six seven years, uh, you know. But it's more than 180 days missed in 2016, more than 100 days in 2017, uh, 60 days in 2018, uh, 167 days in 2019. And then he gets injured again a little bit in 2020, which was a write-off year anyway. So he misses basically two months at least of every season. And when he played in a 50-game sample for the Yankees in 2015, uh, hit the ball hard and well and got it in the air and was worth a win, in a, 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 just over a win in, in 46 games. So you also need a backup first baseman. It's something I think easily glossed over. But we just talked about the outfield, um, the... Listen, it's it's something that I'm a little worried about right now. It's a thin team. It's it. it it's real obviously thin. there's two ways of thinking about it, right? I also think understand that like you don't have to have the playoff roster set uh, April first, right? The playoff roster is a lot of growth of this team. It's going to be this living, breathing organism, and it's going to be this thing that grows and expands. But you're going to need to have guys. Um, um it's not a huge stretch, right? To to flip on here and, and the middle infield is Espinal and Biggio and you have Bird at first. So it's like it's, it's possible. Not a crazy yeah. uh, amount of things have to happen for that to be uh, the case. So here's, here's my thing with Greg Bird. I think that uh, we as Blue Jays fans are still kind of like, let's be real in our lives as Blue Jay fans, we've experienced like two and a half successful years of talking with this team like a real competitor. I'm not even counting 92 and 93, because okay. they're children. But like, even if you want to count that, five and a half, four and a half successful years of real contending. Maybe, I guess, you know what I mean? You understand my point. I think there's a tendency in us to, I don't want to say overhyped, because I don't think Greg Bird's really being overhyped, but to talk about guys in this hyperbolic fashion of like, they're saviors or they're not. And I think the Blue Jays are at a point right now where, like, 
the way that some of the discourse is going around Greg Bird is just like not what Greg Bird's purpose is. And I think that we shouldn't be looking at Greg Bird in the sense of like, oh, he's going to be like good. And he's going to be a like everyday DH step up, get a good at bat three times a day kind of guy. But I do think that Greg Bird has value in a guy exactly you said as a backup first baseman is in the lineup every few days he's a guy who can step into a major league batter's box and not just look foolish like it's not you know it's not Derek fisher i guess is my point Uh, or seemingly so i mean maybe as soon as real games start it's entirely possible that he is but as of now, he looks like a guy who's a competent bench piece on a team that doesn't really have a lot of bench pieces. And I think as long as we all think about Greg Bird in that context, I think Greg Bird being on the opening day roster is a good thing. How yeah. much further than that it goes. And I also think that the Blue Jays are at a point in their competitiveness journey, for lack of a better term, where like we don't need to dedicate this much energy to Greg Bird. <laughs> well, he's <laughs> like, he's, there, are, there aren't it's, many. It's a story in spring and I get it. Yeah. But like, we're not like if Greg Bird makes the team and plays some games and like doesn't work out, I just don't want people to get mad about it. Like, right. It's Greg Bird. Well, it, but he's it, easy to yeah. root for. And well, there aren't many, there also aren't many position battles really up for grabs. Like, you know, also true. you know, basically shortstop, third base, first base, all of the outfield slots, uh, and now it sort of seems like, the, you know, DH has opened up for Kirk basically whenever he needs it. And Tapia allows you to cycle in outfielders through there as well. You sort of have your nine, ten guys plus the the second base. You know, it's going to be BGO and Espinal. You sort of there's not a lot left um, that is available. And there's also not a lot of guys to pick from. Yeah, it, it is sort of Bird or uh, Josh Palacios, who we saw today get the old ticket to the minor league camp um, after a, a, another spring of sort of. Uh, being a reason that you don't care all that much about uh, spring results. It's sort of the, <laughs> the yearly uh, Josh Palacios. But there could be a thing there. He is a He's a left-handed bat. He's a guy that, um, you know, you don't know too much. He hasn't really torn up the minor leagues in, in his in his stints there, sort of not in the way that some of the other guys are, are like clearly too good to that level. Palacios sort of uh, remains or as an org guy but does have some things um, sort of a sneaky old, but yeah, I, I think that Josh that's part Palacio, of that with Josh Palacios yeah. might be the answer to your question of, uh, what if Randall Gritchick was left-handed? Would there be like value there? Whereas like yeah. Josh Palacios is a left-handed bat and you're like, all right. This is one of those things though, is, is people are so down on Gritchick that I feel like that's a, to, if Josh Palacios was as good as Randall Gritchick, you'd, you'd be like, you'd well, be yeah, thrilled. but if I mean I, like if we're, you know, transitive property here of a guy who is, you know, clearly can hit a baseball uh, yeah. and his left-handed bat, but then you get to, like, real baseball and you're like, oh, okay. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, but but either, there's, there's an opening for Bird, and the, but there's also, listen, the flip side of it is, is also sort of the, uh, I don't want to say a lack of an opening, but, like, if Bird isn't good, then you just sort of, like, there's no, there's no bench. You've got no bench pieces then if Bird isn't yeah. contributing. Yeah, I'm a little, you know, you, you touched on it a second ago. I was thinking about that watching some games this week. I am a little concerned about the shallow bench. I won't lie. Yeah. 
especially exactly. with Springer as a guy that you expect to not only have some rest days, but maybe miss some games in the season. And again, you got you got full 162s from from Bo and Vlad last year. Yeah, uh, like we were, we were saying a couple weeks ago, like the Blue Jays were a charmed team last year when it came to offensive players and injuries. I don't know how many seasons you get with that kind of injury luck. Yeah, and well, they they paid for it. Was it was all Springer? That sort of that's, he, yeah, he yes. paid the toll. <laughs> he paid the toll for it. But like that gets spread out this year, which like just you know short spring. It's sports. It's just how it goes. I don't know, man. I I just there's a lot of guys on the team that are like sort of fighting for spots on the in the spring that I like, but I don't know if there's a lot of guys that I'm like, oh, sick. I want you on our like. I like Gosuke Kato, but like, is he real? Is he what we want to be like? Oh, I hope he's on the opening day roster for this World Series contending team. Yeah, a great, a great pull because I agree there is. He does several things where you're like, yeah, you know what? We could use that. You could use a multi-positional guy who can, who can do this and do that. And then also part of you is like, I, you don't want to be talking yourself into Gosuke Kato. You yeah, sort of want to be that's exactly it just doing that alone and you're just sort of like an admission of like, okay, well then it's not where it needs to be uh, is sort of the, the, the double <laughs> sides of that. Cause the bench right now, I mean, looking at it, bird, Biggio, Espinal, Tapia uh, looks like that's pretty much going to be going to be it other than the 10 that, that I've already mentioned. There's not and a I lot. To... The thing that concerns me is, and it's not like this is a pretty oh, sick. And, and Reese McGuire. Sorry. Cause they're going to carry three catchers right, coming up. Right. So 28 men, but yeah, this is, I will admit a very situational concern. But, and as you pointed out, this roster you start with is not the roster you end with. And I think this will change when we get down to what I'm about to say I'm concerned about. But I remember last season when they were in sort of do or die games. And all those times you were like, oh, we need a pinch hitter coming up. And they had to throw out like Gritchick or Palacios or Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Bravik Valera. And you're just like, oh boy, we could if we had one more guy here, that wasn't literally that wasn't Randall Gritchick, which is funny that we have now, but we're still in the same position. But like, that happened a lot in August and September last year. Yeah, it's, and, it's tough. I, it's tough because you're you sort of I, you want to push them to make those moves, but you're also like there was the off season got truncated in such a weird way. Yeah, like, and also they proved last you can go you can go out and find a Corey Dickerson in July. Yeah. Or yeah, Jake it's a really Lamb, weird time like to ask a team to to ask a team to like sell like to be asking that's that's the thing about the Ramirez right? to be asking Cleveland to sell Ramirez like the week before opening day right it's like it's much different than if you were doing it you know the the second week of December yeah and like you already have the thirty eight million dollar payroll and you're like sell us your best player though yeah when you're exactly trying to sell right. tickets for the season but uh, but. All of these concerns aside, the nice thing about this Blue Jays roster is that they're clearly good enough to be good enough to be in it around July. And then I think a lot of these concerns that we have are, you know, it's not like last year when it was like, boy, they need another frontline starter. Right. Now it's like, oh, they need to go fill in some gaps. And like those gaps can be filled in July without a, giving yeah. up much. I have a couple, I have a couple, I mean, maybe we'll say this for next week when we're basically season previewing, but I do have a couple along with the bench. There are a couple other things that like I've heard talked about recently that I do sort of maybe agree with. And uh, the bullpen is one of those things where it's like, I think the the thing with the bullpen right now is it's a bunch of guys who are pretty good. And I, now I'm, now you're starting, I'm starting to think about the next step. You know what I mean? 
where it's like they, they had a, they, Simber and, and Richards and all and, and Mesa uh, guys that have been good for them in spots. And and but now you're talking about like the absolute you, you want those, that absolute shutdown guy. That is a, that is a no doubt uh, extra piece to have down there I, with the way that bullpens get used now in the playoffs. Um, I think there's a potential for for Pearson to be a, a useful guy for them in that way. I I, I wonder if there if there's a either a, a a major move to be made down the stretch for a reliever or if um, maybe they do. You sort of mentioned that they don't the, the front line starter the, the starting pitching depth is almost like unless you're a huge believer in Barrios, which I would understand if you were. Um, it's it's they have five good pitchers without a great pitcher. Yeah, I think that's fair. I also think that, like, like the finding the sort of extra bat or extra arm guys in July, like, if you're legitimately contending for the World Series, which the Blue Jays clearly are, like, those moves are also there to be made. Yeah. Like, whether it's, you know, it, whether it's, you know, another Barrios trade, whether it's a David Price trade and Tulo trade, whether it's Paul Molitor or Dave Winfield, like, those... When the team is right there, those moves have historically been moves that are made by, and not just by the Blue Jays. You know, whether it's going and get, you know, retired this week, going and getting Andrew Miller for the playoff run, going and getting, right, not obviously not Andrew Miller this year, but in no, no, I understand. You know what I mean? Like, I think that those are valid concerns, but I am maybe I'm drinking the. Shapiro Atkins Kool-Aid too much these days, but funnily enough, I am fully in the like, oh, whatever they need to go get in July, they'll just go get. That's I, would where agree, my, I would agree with that though. That's where my mind's been, at. They've been pretty they've been pretty united in their assessment of the team publicly that they believe they're a very good team and are looking to add um to like, the good team. I do not I no longer believe that Jose Ramirez is gonna be on this team for opening day. I very much believe Jose Ramirez is gonna be on this team come September. Yeah. Somebody, somebody, somebody's coming. Somebody's, somebody's coming. Something's going on. I can, something's, something's brewing. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think you make a good, you make good points there. And, and, and pitching is always on the market uh, at the end of the year. That's the thing that always, there's always pitching. Somebody's got bad, some bad team as a starting pitcher available that you can pick up for the stretch run. So uh, yeah, those are, those are fillable concerns. I agree. That's sort of the, the bench. The, the the maybe the bullpen is sort of and the and the rotation you sort of the, the rotation is going to I think the rotation strength all having all those good pitchers is going to get them a lot of wins that that sort of it, over the stretch run of a, of a long season uh, that's it that's exactly what you want um, yeah I, I am I am even pers- even the nature of those concerns is like those are those are playoff series concerns those aren't those yeah. aren't like major league season one sixty two concerns I am personally for the regular season anyway. I am not concerned about the rotation at all. No, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I think the concerns that people have about some guys read Ryu, uh, I think it's going to be fine. Let me ask you this, Jake. Which member of the rotation are you least confident in? I mean, is it a cop-out to say you say Kikuchi? (laughs) I guess guess he's clearly the 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 fifth guy. We have a we have a yeah we have a we have a question that lines up with that so um, let's move let's move forward then into show into the mailbag we will do that in just a moment.
six questions in the mailbag this week if you want to hear all six. Patreon.com slash less than J's. You get all the mailbags fully answered. Uh, plus extra stuff we're doing all the time uh, like J's of Our Lives, which we did Eric Hinsky last week. This week is Shannon Stewart. We got lots and lots of stuff. Patreon.com slash less than J's. Zachary Martin asks us, where and what position do you see Kevin Biggio playing the most this season? I will say this. If Kevin Biggio is not uh, playing second base next year, I don't think Kevin Biggio will be playing much this year. Sort of my summation of that. Uh, I have been Kevin Biggio's an outfielder pilled for a long time, as you know. Uh, I am still Kevin Biggio as an outfielder pilled. <laughs> Kevin Biggio, Kevin Biggio is playing a corner outfield position. Something has gone horribly wrong with the, with a team. I don't care if it's Toronto, I don't care who it is. It's not a good day. It's not so good. I, I to, regret to, to, in, to wake re- up and see Kevin Biggio <laughs> playing right field or first base is not good. First base, absolutely not. First base, absolutely not. Uh, I oh my I'm sorry to inform you, but I am starting to become a, a Biggio lever again. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know how long it's gonna last. Uh, probably till like April fifteenth. But uh, I don't know. I feel like I feel like he's uh, he's gonna do it this year. He's got to uh, play second. He has to play second base. It's the only well, way. Well, no, because that's everyday second baseman Santiago Espinal is playing second base. I don't I don't think I don't think this team's gonna have an everyday second baseman. I think they're I think that's I think they're splitting that. As, Santiago, as Santiago Espinal is gonna win the second base <laughs> position. So hold on, play it every you day. can't be you can't be both. You it can't no, no, be you, it can't be Vigio and Espinal have the breakout yet. No, because they're gonna realize that one of Teoscar or Guriel is better off DHing every day uh, because Alejandro Kirk's getting traded, okay. and then Vigio will have to play the outfield spot while Guriel or Teoscar uh, hit bombs. See, I I I understand your pilling there. I would counter pill you with. Um, like legitimately, what's a, what do you reasonably think Alejandro Kirk's? If you do, if you play DH all year long, what do you think his line would be? Like I don't know, two eighty. I, I have to do math here so I don't make some stupid fucking yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, like no, that's way that's way way too high. Still, still. You're you're painting the picture. You're like, yeah, okay, maybe he if he got if he had 500 DH appearances, like man, he probably hit he probably hit 260, like 340, like yeah. a, with like a nearly an 800 OPS probably. Yeah, that's say. that's basically where I'm at. Trying to do that's the math right. to make it not fucking like over a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like 260, 305, like 320. Hmm. No, come on. Uh, no. Anyway, 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 home I mean, like home runs. We're talking about home runs. What do you, what do you think? I don't know, like twenty-three. That's, that's pretty. That's pretty okay. That's pretty no, okay. like I obviously think that Alejandro Kirk is a better hitter than Kevin Biggio. Yes. Like my Biggio pilledness is both spring optimism and also like half kidding. Sure. But I don't know. There's. I know it's spring, and it's so hard to be like. Oh, he looks confident at the plate because, like, it's spring. But like, he looks confident at the plate. <laughs> he also dealt with injuries last year. He um, did, and he would have been playing through that stretch run and been one of those pinch hitter guys we were talking about had he been healthy. He had the Kia injuries, which is to say, my neck, my back. 
I also have those, I think. Uh, <laughs> but no, I think, I, I think if my, my serious answer is, I think you're probably right. He spends the majority of his time at second base, but I do think there is room for my Kevin Biggio as a right or left fielder theory to be tested thoroughly this season. And we will find out whether or not it's a, a pass or a fail situation. I think it's a I think it's a bad world if Tanabishio <laughs> is playing corner outfield. <laughs> My official statement: corner anything. If he's playing corner infield or corner outfield, <laughs> we are in trouble. <laughs> I just can't uh, back down from it now because I've been saying it for his whole career. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, uh, last one's from BK. Second series of the year is against New York. Would you want to start any picture pitcher in particular versus Texas in game three of the opening series to avoid using them against New York? This is an easy place to talk about how uneasy we may be about Yusei Kikuchi. Uh, just saying that I don't think the right-handed power Yankee lineup. Uh, and listen, we're talking about game five of the, of the season here, which I love. This is the year we're in. This is, this is the, this is the thing about being a contending team is like, it's going to be this every series, every week, there's going to be one series where you're like, okay, they got to win that series. Uh, we're talking second series of the year. Would you basically be starting Yusei Kikuchi game three against Texas to avoid using them against New York? Or is that Jake too early for some gamesmanship? Uh, it's never too early for gamesmanship is my opinion. But, uh, can I tell you my unfounded fear? about the Blue Jays rotation. I'd love this. That I course. think that I think absolutely puts me in a very not vocal minority. <laughs> because uh, I'm afraid to say this take for what the many listeners of this show will do to me. I like that. I like this suspense. Uh I am not sold on Kevin Gosman. Okay, okay. I'm glad I was I was like do I fit this into this show or We'll we can see. save we can save this for next week. Yeah, we'll see about Kevin Gosman. But I agree I am, with you. I am not sold. Uh, I am not an expert in analysis, but I agree. I there's there's a, just enough that I was like, that eh, doesn't all add up to me exactly yeah. right. Yep, 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 yep. We can and we'll get into this more next week. Uh, but to answer the question we're being asked, uh, yeah, I'd throw you Skikuchi in Game Three. It's never too early for games and shit. <laughs> you should always be trying to kick the shit out of the Yankees at any any moment you can. Maybe maybe it's Gausman. Maybe it's Gausman. But if, no, if, if you're going to tell me they're playing the dog shit Rangers to start the year, yeah. if they come out and smack the Rangers around like they should, and then you're telling me they go into the second series of the Yankees trying to make their claim so they're the big bad boys of the AL East this year, you want your gamesmanship as much as possible. You go out and you shove it down their stupid Yankee throats. And you say, no, 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 this is our division now, motherfucker. And you beat them by any means possible. So absolutely throw some games in Chep and throw Kikuchi in the third game. That being said, we're managed by Charlie Montoya, so that's absolutely not going to happen. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I I guess I guess the question will be, are, you know, are you... Does the does the one through five rotation we talked about with with the opening day does the does it really matter anymore like no I feel like I grew up I feel like we grew up sort of caring about who was number one number two number three number four and now they it's throw just the, sort of in like, the playoffs they throw the same guy like three days in a yeah. row now I, I feel like I feel like maybe that that's not as pronounced as it was and now Madison just like, Bumgarner fucked it all up it's about having five good pitchers is sort of the thing yeah um, yeah no I'm absolutely a proponent of, of this is this is especially those games against uh the Yankees the Red Sox and the Rays uh you it's like you just have to win you have to win those this year if Kevin Kiermeyer 
can pick up Alejandro Kirk's lineup card and cheat their way to beating the Blue Jays, then we can gamesmanship the Yankees in the third game of the year. I'm already sick to death thinking about important games. Every game against... Just <laughs> oh, telling myself We've like telling myself 70, that every game against like the Rays is important. 70 of them this year. It's a nightmare. Stupid me. Telling myself that... You're going to have to care about games against the Astros. Every, by the way, every Rays the, game is important. I'm like, ah, no. You're going to have to care about games against the Astros. You're going to have to care about games against the Mariners. You're going to have to care about games against the Twins. A nightmare. An actual nightmare. Here, here it all comes. Uh, boy, that is the mailbag. It, crazy. Now I'm all bummed. <laughs> <laughs> Come to this show for optimism. Got me bummed on quite a, quite a few things there. The heavy stress of a coming year and and all the reliance on all the all just the wait, problems. Just all wait the, till our season preview next week. I got a, I got a couple of big bullets in the chamber. Maybe maybe we both dislike Kevin Gausman. What's going on here? This is yeah. Uh, I don't know about that one, man. Rocky Road. I'm ahead. so I'm so excited to be wrong about Kevin Gausman, but yes, we're allowed. I think that's a good. It's it's good to have one like. Look, I'm going to get into this more next week. Mia culpa guy all here. I'm, all I'm saying. Is that even before he was 2021 Robbie Ray, you were still kind of like, okay, there's some stuff there. Right. That if you can just turn it a little bit, you know, you're, you got a real guy there. Obviously, Gausman was outstanding last year. <laughs> but do you have that feeling about him? That opinion of him like we had about Ray before he was good? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's a lot of innings on that arm. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be an interesting. It looks like he doesn't have to be the ace. Doesn't have to be the ace. You got. You got Barrios. You have. Uh, and like, look, it's Manoa. not my fuck. It's not my fucking money. Right. Yeah. For sure. Uh, if you want to spend hundred plus million dollars in your third starter, that's fine by me. I don't care. But uh, I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> We'll save it. We'll save a, a, a longer cut of that for next week. We, you're right. Get a little closer to a season preview. Uh, that is it for the mailbag. You can submit your mailbag questions or your voicemails. Uh, you can mailbag. You can email us at lessthanjays at gmail.com. Put us uh, on Twitter at lessthanjays or call us for uh, the voicemail line, 833-714-7774. That is uh, a great way to get your voice on the show. Uh, that is just about it. We have one last thing to do, and that is send you off into your week with Take This to Your Grave. All right, Jake. Uh, another week in the books. We are one week closer to uh, Major League Baseball season starting. Lots going on in the world. Lots going on. I mean, I mean, geez, I don't know if you heard it, but the Oscars, Jake. Oh, yeah, that happened last night. The Oscars. Uh, Coda, best best picture. I hear it's a lovely film. Apple TV. Seen. Apple TV movie. Oh, really? It was. I didn't know it was a streaming film. Apple TV movie. How about that for? Wow, the future is here. So maybe maybe that maybe that does exist the, the mid market movie anyway not really the same thing we were talking about but regardless 
Uh, Jake, it is time to send our great audience off into their week. Give them a little parting shot to take with them as they go with. Uh, go with. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't matter. Jake, what do you have for take this to your grave this week? Uh, my take this week is that uh, Kevin Gausman is going to start a spring game this week and make me look foolish. Ooh, strong, strong take. Um, I like that a lot. Uh, Kevin Gausman. I, I hope. I hope that's the that's the way we. Me too. We sort of I, go. I'm bringing some this. optimism back here. Because I was right. I was right. My take was correct last week. So I'm hoping I can go for two for two here. Uh, I'm going to uh, grab something a little bit, a little bit from the headlines that the the prospect lovers report. You know, everyone has been talking about Orelvis Martinez all spring long, and I am my take this week is is we're going to see we're going to see some conversations about him being up in the in the back half of this season this year. Orelvis, interesting. I think it's, we're, we're, I don't know if it'll get filled, but I think they're going to use, well, we'll hear that story come out there. They've teased it now that he's going to remain playing third base, second base, but would it hold the door open to him playing second somewhere down the road? I think, I think we're going to go forward uh, into this season watching a Blue Jays second base rotation of Bezio and Espinal. And I think they're going to make that decision to, as we've talked about, go from that being a position, position they have covered off to a position they have a strength in. And I think they will use sort of the buzz that Aurelvis could be knocking on the door of that to fuel trade talks that they mm. are that they are like serious about making that position something of strength. I don't know that we're going to see Orelvis at the position this year, but I think we will hear enough buzz about it, whether that is, again, being used to motivate uh, a trade or something. I think that's going to become obviously not quite to the level of Winter Vlad and Bo coming up, obviously not quite to the level even of keeping an eye on Moreno, but I do think that's something that's going to follow us deep into the season. Uh, he had all the great quotes. He had all the great clips. He, uh, you know, we sort of almost have taken for granted, I think, here with the way that they build this team that every, not every year, every team has like the super, like they've had, they've had really great prospects to watch in spring basically every year for the last uh, three years, going all the way back to the Montreal games, right? Like it's been, uh, it's been pretty cool to watch them come through and not just Vlad, but then you get Bo and then you're getting Pearson and then you're getting uh, Manoa and now you're getting Moreno and then you're getting Orelvis. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty cool to sort of have this pipeline of, of guys that are coming through and obviously they're not all it's not all of the very tip top but um they're learning from each other and and that pipeline is replenishing itself by having the guys that started it there providing an example of of someone who was not long ago in their shoes and by all accounts that's what the that's what Aurelvis is soaking up and Listen, they moved Kirk up when they when they when they needed to, to fill catcher, right? When they were like, "All right, you guys aren't good enough. We're, we're calling up Kirk. Like, there's there's no other way to do this. Like, you know what I mean? We're not trading for a catcher. We have a guy. We're calling up Alejandro Kirk. Um, that, that that was we talked about it at the time. A statement to us was was like they're not going to the the growth like the the worry about growing the kids year is sort of past us and now it's like who can contribute right now if you, if you guys aren't second base aren't contributing we're going to find a way to get it done whether that be uh or elvis waiting in the wings if he is hitting if, if he's just mashing then then you sort of you hope that he plays your he makes you play your hand but i think that's going to become uh the exciting thing to watch this year outside of the team which i expect to be quite good obviously as well yeah i think i hope that i like that i, I think i like that it's good times. and you're right and you're right it is very fun that we keep Despite trading many 
a prospect in the last couple of years. Uh, yeah. Still there, which is even more to the point than always trade them unless they're like can't miss. It seems it seems that they there's always another one. It seems like the move for them has been the international signings. Mm-hmm. They are crushing. And then they're like the first round pick will take a college pitcher and then trade him. It's like that's sort of like <laughs> not bad because, uh, yeah, we didn't even get the Austin Martin hype, hype training camp, really. Uh, Not really crazy. camp, but we did get the upset that they traded him for some reason. We, we got the, you know what we got? Because it was a weird, it was just a weird year. He got, didn't he get sent to the alternate site? Yes, he did. Yeah. And maybe he played in the inner squad game that they televised. I definitely saw him. I saw him play last year. I know that I saw him play in spring last year. 2020 was so weird. Uh, yeah. 2021 as well. Anyway. That is about it for another week of this show. We thank you so much for coming along for the ride and joining us. It is such fun. Uh, if you wanted more, as we mentioned, the all six of this week's mailbag questions answered and some extra banter off the top uh, from us about uh, Is It Cake, our favorite new show. Um, that is available at patreon.com slash less than Jays. We are, I want to say right now, one or two patrons away from the Arby's Reuben, from the fast food uh, yeah, we're two away. We're two away. We, we need two more patrons on there. Patreon.com slash less than J's for the Arby's Reuben drive through review. I'll be driving out to the Arby's and eating a Reuben and filming it and talking about it. That's a reward for you, the viewer, not for me. Um, that is Patreon.com slash less than J's. Give us a call at 833-714-7774. Hit us up on Twitter at less than J's or email us at less than J's at gmail.com. That is it for another week. We'll talk to you. Uh, later on next week at this time it is time to get ready for opening day all that and more uh, next time on Less Than Jays. Less Than Jays